Hey everybody, Jimmy Smith on today's Unlocking the Cage podcast. John Jones arrested again on multiple charges. What does this mean for his future and his present? We also preview UFC 266 with an OG of the fight game, Eve Edwards. John Jones arrested again. Now you know, according to Mark Ramundi, his official Twitter page, uh, his official Twitter, John Jones was arrested early Friday morning by the Las Vegas Metro PD. A police spokesperson told ESPN Jones is being charged with battery, domestic violence and injuring and tampering with a vehicle. Tw- what, 12 hours after being inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame for um, his fight with Gustafson, the first one. KOB, tell me the tweet that had me laughing my ass off. This, uh, this came from Chuck Mindenhall, who said a six-hour span that sums up Jones's career perfectly. Hall of Fame induction to jail. And it's the retweet of Mark's news. Just, uh, like, uh, it, it, <laughs> it's so not surprising, surprising, that it's hard to wrap my head around. Part of it is, I've never been rich, and I've never been so successful that I could do the things he does and keep my job, right? I've never had that combination of things. I've never been rich enough to just do what I want, or I could get in trouble and there were no consequences, and I've never had a job that if I got arrested multiple times, they'd keep me around. I I don't don't know what that's like. I'm sorry. I, I don't know what that's like. But... All the guy has to do in his line of work is keep his nose clean enough, clean enough that the UFC can keep him going to some degree. It doesn't take a lot. Dana White doesn't care about a lot of stuff. He doesn't give a crap about his top talent doing really bad things. Just stay out of jail. Stay out of jail. That's it. That's as low as the bar is, and John Jones can't manage that one. So, this is MMAfighting.com. John Jones is facing charges of battery, domestic violence, injuring a tampering vehicle. It's the same tweet we just um, we just uh, read, but there's a little additional information here. Jones's bail is set at $8,000, $5,000 for tampering with a vehicle, and $3,000 for the domestic battery charge. Domestic battery is $3,000? Jesus. Anyway... The former UFC champion is scheduled to make an initial court appearance on Saturday morning. This is the latest run-in with the law for Jones. who's previously been arrested for a hit-and-run, driving an influence, negligent use of a firearm, a firearm, among other charges. Oh, God. So the last one was Albuquerque, March 2020, multiple charges, the the DUI, negligent use of a firearm, possession of an open container, driving with no proof of insurance. He pled guilty to the DUI with other charges being dropped. He served four days house arrest, basically had a long weekend at home, one year supervised probation, and a minimum 90 days outpatient therapy, 48 hours of community service. The dude just can't stay clean. He can't do it. He can't do it at all. I don't know what else. I, like, it, and it sucks because all of that talent. And let's face it, hard work. The guy works very hard in the gym, at least. 
all this talent, all this potential is being squandered by his bad decisions. That uh, There's no other way to say it. So are we surprised? No, he's always done this. But it seems as though it always, like, okay, you can always say they were small enough that he could write the ship. We don't know the whole story of what's going on here. We don't. This is a man who makes poor decisions. And he made another poor decision. He just cannot make good decisions. We don't know the specifics of the charges in terms of what he did to whom. We don't know. We know what he was arrested for. We don't know exactly what happened. But this is a guy who constantly makes terrible decisions. And he made another set of terrible decisions. And he's arrested again. This is a guy who just said, man, I'm going to be back on track this year, getting my weight up to above heavyweight so I could shred down and be a muscular wrecker in the heavyweight division. Whether it's Francis Ngannou or Cyril Gunn, I want the winner. Uh, Richard Schaefer was on with, I forget who he was on with. Was it ESPN? I'm not quite sure. We we had the interview on yesterday. We talked about uh, him coming back. It's going to be set for this year, blah, 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 blah. Here's the deal, okay? 877-FIGHT-93, 877-344-4893. I want your calls after the break. It's not surprising he made horrible decisions again. He seems incapable of learning anything. Are the consequences just not severe enough? Jason Miller, another guy who can't learn anything apparently, who does have a lot of mental issues, I believe this time around, he was recently arrested again, is going to do real time. He's going to do a couple years behind bars. I think that's what it's going to take for John Jones. The UFC is not going to cut him. Don't expect UFC to be the moral arbiter for John Jones. They're not going to cut him over this. They might not have him around for a while, but he hasn't been around for a while anyway. Dana White is going to throw his hands up and go, hey, well, you know, what are you going to do? John Jones is going to John Jones. That's what this guy does. Dana White says, that's what this guy does. Hey. Oh, John Jones arrested again on multiple charges. I'll read him again. Uh, This is from Mark Ramundi. From his official Twitter, John Jones was arrested early Friday morning by the Las Vegas Metro PD, a police spokeswoman told ESPN. Jones is being charged with battery, domestic violence, and injuring, and tampering with a vehicle. So, we don't have details of exactly what happened, but he is under arrest, and those are the charges he is facing. We know that. You know the number, 877-FIGHT-93, 877-344-4893. What did you say during the break, Kobe, about this? Because it's, it's hilarious. The, it is really one of these weird stories that is both super easy to believe and just totally shocking at the same time. Like, we, I think deep down we all want John Jones to get his act together. And yes. We thought we were kind of getting there. He's had, but some deep stumbles. down we all know he won't. Here's the thing: it, it's that he, contract. He, still, he yeah. still had stumbles during the pandemic too. So like, it's not. It's not like he's been completely keeping his, his, you know, his business clean. But it's like, dude, he just was at the UFC Hall. Is of keeping his nose clean too spot on? Is that why he didn't say it? I yeah, I stopped short of it. <laughs> I tried to think it through. I'll myself. say it. 
Keep it his nose uh, clean. Go ahead. But it's just like, dude, like he just had the UFC Hall of Fame induction last night, it, like for his fight with Gustafson. They just got into the wing. He's talking all about how like things are going to be good. He's going to be coming back in, in 2022. Richard Schaefer doing the media tour, right? Yep. Yeah, and it looks like we're trending towards the area we need to be. And then this news breaks. Like, it's just... <laughs> I don't know what to say anymore. I don't know what yeah. to say anymore. It's like Groundhog's Day right now. And, and what haven't we used up? What metaphor for wasted talent... And lost ability. Have we not said a million times about this guy? So let's talk about consequences. Here is the 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 hook for the UFC. Here is the catch. So anything that's so bad that the UFC would cut John Jones would be so bad that he's in jail anyway. Anything where he gets out of jail or, or just very little time or whatever does some community service is, you know, minor enough that the UFC doesn't really worry about it. That's not their problem. So that's the catch 22 of the UFC is the only time they ever take action is when the action, when, when what, what the person does is so bad that that action is meaningless. When Bellator cut War Machine, it didn't matter. He was on the run for almost killing his girlfriend. The dude's doing life in prison. You know, Bellator cutting him was symbolic. It didn't mean anything. Dude's doing life. All right? So when you get in that much trouble, you don't have to do anything. You're, doesn't matter, you're in jail. So we can cut you or whatever. It's meaningless. And if you get out of jail in time to fight, well, then it wasn't that serious. The UFC is always able to throw their hands up and go, hey, that's the law's problem. They might strip you. He's not champion. They might not give you a fight. He doesn't have a fight coming. You know, a commission might suspend you. Fine. He doesn't have anything on the docket anyway. Who cares? So the UFC is in a position where they don't have to do anything. Thank God they didn't have a pay-per-view with this guy set up like they have previously when this kind of stuff happens. So they can just let the legal system do its thing. So consequences from the UFC side of it, I am saying zero. Chuck from Mississippi who called earlier and says he gets cut, and I think you are out of your mind. They will do zero. People do dumb things in this sport. What do you want me to do about it? Is going to be Dana's line, which is always his line, okay? And he's not necessarily wrong. What the hell am I supposed to do about it? So, and also, once again, he doesn't have a fight coming up. So, you know, Dana can say, hey, look, you've been fighting for me anyway. What do you want? So, consequences from the UFC, I think zero. KOB, is that fair? They do nothing. I, I would think zero. I just don't. I, I, I can't make odds or ends of, of the relationship anymore with John Jones and the UFC. It does feel like they would never want to let him out of his contract for nope. any reason to go let him never. go someplace else. And I think it's the only reason why there'll be no consequences. It's just it's more I think the spite of no one else is going to make money off of John Jones if we're not. Right. I do wonder if there would be some form of of not suspension. What suspension? Like, he doesn't have not, a fight coming. I was about to say it, and I stopped short on that one too. Yeah, not suspension, but maybe like a 
you know, we're not going to go crazy trying to get this guy a fight until we see what goes down with these with these charges. They weren't going crazy before. No, but like this is so I don't know. Uh... Depending on, and again, like the, we all kind of believe it at face value because of because of the history of John Jones. But Lord knows what what what, hash, what actually happened. Once more details come out, like if he ends up looking at legal time, like if he looks at jail time for any, I think any amount of time, maybe they cut they part ways. But I don't think nah. so long as like the consequences legal from the legal system are low. I don't think he gets cut. I think even if they're high, he doesn't get cut. Simply because what benefit, and you have to look at this in a, in a, in a ruthless way, because Dana White is a ruthless person, which is fine. As a businessman, businessmen have to be ruthless. What is he supposed to do? If I cut John Jones because he got a year and a half in jail, when he gets out in a year and a half, he's going to fight for somebody else. All right? There are fights left in him. As long as there are fights left in him, we want those fights. That's how Dana White sees this, and that's how he should see it, as a businessman. There's no morality police. There's no good guy, bad guy, right, wrong, throw, deserve. Throw those words out the window in order to understand the mindset of Dana White. If he gets a two-year sentence when he gets out in two years, or you know, probably good behavior, year, year and a half, he's gonna fight somewhere, and guess who it's gonna be for us, mother effer. He's not fighting in Bellator. He's not fighting in one. He's not fighting in PFL. He's fighting for us. So, to cut him would just be dumb. There's no advantage at all to cut him. Other than some kind of PR thing that this guy is a bad guy, so we got rid of him. Oh, so you don't get rid of bad guy Conor McGregor? Guys, the easiest thing to do is nothing. There's no hypocrisy. There's no like, oh, why didn't you get rid of Conor McGregor for throwing a dolly at a bus if you get rid of John Jones for the charges he's facing? The answer is we universally do nothing so we don't have to answer those questions. Okay. So it makes no sense to cut him under any circumstances. So now that we have the UFC all squared away, they're going to do nothing. And once again, I'm not arguing they should do anything. I wouldn't, if I were Dana White, keep him under contract forever. So uh, UFC is going to do nothing. What will the law do? Probably very little. When I looked at Jason Miller's extensive rap sheet, because he got arrested again, what was it, a couple weeks ago. Um, his rap sheet is worse than John Jones's rap sheet. And he was a free man up till last week. Slap on the wrist, yeah, you know, a few days here and there in jail, pain in the ass stuff, pay some fines, whatever, anger management classes, all that BS that, that rich people do when they get in trouble. This is going to be another one of those. Uh, so the court system in Nevada, we got, he got busted in, in Las Vegas, is going to do nothing, or very little. I don't believe we're looking at a year of time. I think we're looking at, at most, a couple weeks, a month, something like that. And that's all we're going to see. So Dana White and the UFC, zero consequences. Uh, the Nevada judicial system, zero consequences. What I think is going to happen, that's right, zero consequences. 
Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Bully Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here. From WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more, we talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open, Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius XM Channel 156. Eve Edwards is joining us right now to help me break down this card this weekend. Before we get into any of that, uh, what are your thoughts? I just got to get your first impressions. John Jones arrested again for multiple charges, man. Can this guy make a good decision? What's going on with this guy? Have any ideas? Man, uh, I don't know, man. That's, that's, that's hard to see. You know what I mean? I just saw, found the information myself. And um, I saw that, and all I could think of is, bro, you are one of, if not the greatest of this generation. Just be better. Just be better. Yeah. You, he can do so much. He can do so much for so many different causes, but all he has to do is be better. And and it's not like it's a difficult thing. Just like I know you're on Sirius XM, so I'm just gonna be as straight as I can, Jimmy Please. John. Just stop fucking up. Yeah. Like that like it's frustrating, man. Like I love the guy's skills. I really appreciate all that he's done within the sport. But like like I mean DC DC's a great guy, right? I, I um but I, I like when I put them side by side, or just on the fight skills and them inside the cage against each other. I think John is head and shoulders above, and uh, that that says exactly where he sits in the whole sport. Because DC is great. DC, if he's he, if John is head and shoulders above DC, and DC dominated one one um two hundred five, and he was also the heavyweight champion for a time. I mean, like John. Look! Look at the doors you're closing on yourself, man. Like it's, it's hard to watch. Yeah, it's hard to see. Yeah. And and guys like us, um, you know, obviously you had a great career in MMA. You, you kill for a quarter of his talent, right? You, you'd kill to, to have a, a little bit of that, man. A little bit we have is is like, God, you have so much, and it's it's being flushed down the toilet, dude. And ugh, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it to death. But. <clears throat> Let's shift to better topics, which is this weekend, UFC 266, man. Uh, a title fight, uh, two of them, of course, Alexander Volkanovsky, Brian Ortega, and then Valentina Shevchenko versus Lauren Murphy. But it seems like everything is under the radar because of Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler. The first one happened 17 years ago, man. So many X factors uh, about this fight. What do you think of it, man? You said exactly what I'm thinking, man. There's so many X factors about it. Like, Robbie is the guy, like, going into that first fight, Robbie was the guy that everybody picked, right? Um, and I, so Nick and I shared locker rooms on that event. I fought Hermes Franco on that event. Nick was hitting pads backstage, um, and he was, he, you know, he was getting into it. You know how Nick gets before a fight. He's yep. like, yeah, I'm going to knock this motherfucker out. Yeah, blah, blah, And I'm watching his pads, and I'm saying to myself, nope, those punches, you're not. But... Then he went out there and did it with those same punches. You know what I mean? So, like, we see the shadow boxing, and Nick doesn't, you know, in his, in his promo video recently, he doesn't look good shadow boxing. But, like, this is Nick Diaz we're talking about, man. Like, he, like if anybody is a fighter to their core, it's Nick and Nate Diaz, right? You can't, you can't be away from fighting and still have that in you like these guys can. I just, I just can't imagine these guys ne- ever being out of a fight. You know, ever being 
into a fight and, and, and not not being ready for it, not being prepared, not having the skills or the mindset to fight through anything. So, like, that's where Nick Diaz can kind of leaves me bewildered because it's like he's been away from the sport for six years. He's not – he doesn't look sharp, but he's never looked like the greatest boxer, even though he's put away great boxers, the hard hitters, Paul Daly, Robbie Lawler, you know, the list goes on. Um, but <laughs> that, those are my questions. But then – Robbie's coming off of three three tough losses, you know? It's um I root for Robbie all the time. I love both these guys, but I spend a lot of time on the match with Robbie and I wanna see him get his hand raised again. Um I think this is a great opportunity to do so, but there's just so many questions with Nick where six years away, is that enough to get the fighting spirit or, or the, the the core of who Nick Diaz is away from him and take that away from the sport? I don't know because that guy grew up fighting. He loves he, like he's in it. He may he didn't say he doesn't love fighting, but that's a part of who he is. Uh, that is probably the biggest question: is that mental side of it? He's always been a strange dude. Uh, it, has it bled over to the point where we're worried about his performance? I guess I, I guess that's really it. Valentina Shevchenko versus Lauren Murphy. When you talk about John Jones being you know, head and shoulders above the division, even though it's stacked with talent. Valentina Shevchenko's might be, uh, Valentina Shevchenko might be head, shoulders, and chest above the rest of the division. Not many catching her, but Lauren Murphy seems confident going in, man. What do you think about this fight? I like the fight because I like Valentina Shevchenko. Like yeah. every woman in this division, they think they have it until they spend two minutes inside the cage with, with Valentina. There's like, I, I just, if, if if Valentina loses this fight, my jaw will be on the floor because there's I I just don't see it. I think all of these women they, they get they gain the confidence. You've got to go into a fight confident, believing that you could beat beat anybody. But like Valentina's just she's at 125 pounds. She's just a whole different animal. She is like John Jones early in his career. She's 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 like Amanda. I mean, she's she only lost to Amanda and Liz Carmouche earlier in her career. But, like, she's, I think Carmouche is a much bigger girl, also much bigger woman also. So it's just one of those things where Valentina is so dangerous, so skilled in every area of the game. I don't think Lauren Murphy has a chance, man. I think this is just another clinic and another paycheck for Valentina to collect. Uh, do you think it's going to be a matter of father time catching up with her? Do you think that's the only time? We, of course, you could lose to Amanda Nunez. It's possible. But in her weight class, is it a matter of, you know, time eroding her skills? Are we waiting on that? I think that's, that's potentially the only way we see her lose. She's the bar. You know what I mean? And we've seen this before. We've seen it with, um, with Anderson. We've seen it with GSP. We see, like, these, these guys become the bar. When they hold on to that belt, that's who everybody's gunning for. And there's some young woman who just got out of high school or college. She's just getting into the sport. Or she's only been into the sport for a short time, and that's what she's aiming for. And Valentina is probably going to stay there until Father Time catches up with her or this young woman who's, who's training now to be Valentina Shevchenko one day gets into the octagon. So, moving on, I'm talking, of course, to Eve Edwards, breaking down fights for me because the dude's a scientist when it comes to MMA. Uh, when you look at this main event, right, we look at Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega, kind of the X factor here is the ultimate fighter uh, made Alexander Volkanovsky dislike Brian Ortega 
in a way that he hasn't disliked an opponent before. We've never seen this kind of edge to Alexander Volkanovsky, where he's, you know, in Ortega's face, the win, calling him a doper, all kinds of stuff. Do you see a change like this being good or bad for the champ Alexander Volkanovsky? What are your thoughts, man? I think it's bad, honestly. I really think it's bad. Um, after seeing Brian Ortega's last fight, like, Brian Ortega's last two fights were like two complete opposite things, you know? Yeah. He got worked by Max. But then the way he came back and, and beat the Korean zombie, like, he looked like a completely different guy. You know, listening to the things that he had to say prior to that about his training now, how he's looking at fighting, how he's taking it on, and what he wants to do with his skill set. He kind of got to that point of, of fighting against the best featherweight in the, in the world at the time um, off of talent, skills, and just having fun, right? Now it seems like he's rededicated. He's changed some of his game. He's also, like, really improved his stand-up. His stand-up wasn't, like, it wasn't horrible before the Max fight. Max did expose some of it. But um, he looked really good against the Korean Zombie. He put pitched a shutout against a really good striker, um, and 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 also outclassed him on the ground. And Korean Zombie, he's he's tapped some really good guys like Poirier and 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 a couple other really good guys, you know. Um, so so I think this Brian Ortega man. Um, when we see Brian Ortega tomorrow night, if this is a if this is the improved Brian Ortega that we saw against the Korean Zombie, I think. He's going to be a whole lot of problems with Volkanovski because uh, I think this is a guy who wants another shot at Max Holloway. And to have that belt and have Max come to his door, I think, I think that's also some motivation for him. I think he's, he's the kind of guy who's, you know, he had, I didn't watch the Ultimate Fight. I didn't get to see all the episodes. But I think he may, he may have been trying to poke, it, poke the bear, get, get a little bit of um, animosity built up towards him while he's not very emotional about it. And then he's looking to run through Volkanovski and, and, and have Max Holloway have to come to him, man. Um, I think this Brian Ortega, after seeing what he did to the Korean Zombie, I think he's very dangerous, man. His ground game is so on point. He's got that wicked guillotine. And um, the way his striking and his defense is improved. If he, gets, or t- uh, if he gets Volkanovski to take a shot, try to tie him up in any kind of way, like Volkanovski's going to be in trouble. And we will know about three minutes into this fight you know, what, what his hands look like. Um, I'm sorry, what Brian's hands look like and if, if he can really put the pressure on Volkanovski. And if he does, I think early in this fight, we'll know who's going to come out with their hand raise and, and belt. Speaking to Eve Edwards, of course, he's my pre-pay-per-view guy breaking down the fights. Let's talk a little bit, uh, not so much tactically, but but Dan Hooker versus Nasrat Hakparast. They got into they got on their flights uh, 30 hours before weigh-ins, somehow managed to make weight, but Nassau Hockbras flying from Frankfurt, Germany, Dan Hooker flying from New Zealand, so like a 20-hour flight, they somehow made weight, but do you believe all that runaround to get their visas and all this stuff affects their performance come fight night? It, you know, I definitely think it could, but here's the situation. They're in both in the same boat. That's fortunate because, you know, if one guy has to deal with that, it's an advantage. But both guys had to. So, yeah. so that's the difference there. I, I, don't think, I don't think it's going to play into the outcome. It may play into their performance, both of them, you know. But um, who, who's got, who wants it more? We, we may see that. 
we know both these guys want it. We know both these guys are tough. Um, Hooker's last performance, you know, he, he, he didn't get it. It didn't go the way he wanted to, and it stopped early. So I know he wants to come back and make a statement. Um, I, and I'm a, I'm a big Dan Hooker fan, man. Like I said before, he's my second favorite lightweight behind Poirier, you know, currently. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't think it affects the fight, the outcome. I do think it possibly affects both fighters, but I'm just glad they're both in the same boat or both basically on the same flight. Uh, that's understandable. They both have to deal with it. My last question for you, Eves, how does it change things? Being on a big card, it's one of the best cards of the year. It's stacked from top to bottom. You've been on big cards yourself. Uh, how does it feel at waking, you know, waking up, going to the locker room, warming up, and there's that big card feel? Does it really change anything, getting ready for the fight, mentally and physically? Man, you, you know that the eyes are on you. You know what I mean? You always know somebody's watching your fight. But for some reason, the pressure of being on one of these big cards definitely it sets in a little bit. But like it's like I always say, man, pressure makes gems. And when, when you know that there are so many more eyes on you, especially with the way the world is today, with social media, with building your brand, this is such a great opportunity for some of these young guys, man. And I hope I – hope a, a lot of people going into the going into tomorrow night are looking at it like that, and as a as an opportunity to to shine, you know, um, because yeah, everybody's excited, especially the three fights at the top of the card, man. Everybody's excited about that, but the rest of the card looks really good. There's a lot of exciting fights, and to stand out on a night like tomorrow night, you're gonna really have to put some, bring something special to the cage. So I'm excited to see what these guys do, but I also hope that the pressure of being on the, on the card, I feel like this is the card of the year right now so far. And uh, I feel like the pressure, I hope the pressure of being on this card really, really incites these guys to, to, to bring their A game. I hope so as well, my man. And you always bring the A game to my show, Eve Edwards. Thank you so much for your insight, brother, making time for us. We'll talk to you again very, very soon, bud. Very soon. I can't wait to see your pretty face, Jimmy. Unlocking the Cage with Jimmy Smith is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Michael Russo. The associate producer is Kelly Murphy. Sound design by Nuri Balin. Andy King is director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM's senior vice president of sports programming and podcasting, Steve Cohen. And SiriusXM Fight Nation program director, Marissa Rivas. Serious XM Podcasts.